previously on my best friend's journal. No one in the middle seat, but a child has been kicking my seat for eight hours. <laughs> that little fucking demon. <laughs> this is not the last or worst time I get very lost in Japan. Met Kyle in Tokyo. Hi, Kyle. Everyone else is like in these prince outfits and I'm in this like giant winged costume. You give me wings. It is your fault for what happens next. <laughs> It's the uh, Paris exception, and the idea is that you uh, cheat on your vegan diet if you are in Paris or in another situation where you're going to have a oh. culinary experience that is once in a lifetime. That really appeals to me. Like, I'm not going to go to, for example, Tokyo and not have sushi. Mick seemed annoyed at me this morning. I've been a guest a bit too long, I think, but it's okay. We've been through it before. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud, how does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote, this shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred, I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Hi, Cam. Hi, Mikey. How are you? Oh, I I am here. I am. <laughs> I exist. I'm talking to you. So yeah, I am. How are you? <laughs> good. You're looking. You're looking good. You look like you've been outside. Your hair's not uh, as frizzy as it normally Watch is. Watch it. Okay. You're, you're looking fit. I don't know. You're just. You're looking healthy. Oh my god. Thank you. I feel a little. Um. A little more chubs than I normally feel, but I'm also like, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, I actually really want to get a haircut. I feel like it'll be such a lovely. Sorry, you said frizzy hair, and it's yeah. because it hasn't been. Hasn't been taken care of properly. Yeah, I would love uh-huh. a haircut. I want just like that treat. But I don't know. There's a lot of um, investing time and in figuring out who can who can handle this beast. So I haven't gotten there uh-huh. yet. But it, it would be lovely. Maybe you could do like a like a hot oil treatment or something. Not. I mean, your hair is always like luscious and beautiful. But you know, just like really treat yourself. Go to the salon. The salon. <laughs> uh, this is my best friend's journal, by the way. When in the podcast in which we discuss Mike's hair. That's welcome. Thrilling for everyone. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of hair, I've been watching a lot of Pen Fifteen. Um, <gasps> oh my god it's back isn't it it is uh this season is much um it's heavier than the first season it's still amazing and ridiculous and i love it okay I, I don't know if it's heavier or if i'm just watching with like a, with different eyes but it um everything's a little heavy at the moment TBH. yeah maybe uh, the connection by the way is that uh, at one they show one scene of her like having ripped out a full chunk of her hair she's like one by oh. one picking hairs out at, like Ooh, yeah, oh say that again <clears throat> Trichotillomania? What a good word. I assume that's the, the process it's a compulsive, of... It's yeah. a compulsive pulling out of your hair, and sometimes people do it with their eyebrows or their beard or their head hair. Yeah. The pubes. Um, uh, pubes. Oh, God. I wonder <laughs> if anyone trichotillomaniazes their pubes. <laughs> <laughs> like, they must. And honestly, that'd be the best place to do it, I think. Ow! The worst. Can you imagine how painful? Like, so deeply rooted. <laughs> um, speaking of your luscious hair, by the way, I saw today... Yeah. My very first, like, snow white arm hair, and it really fucked me Get up. Get the fuck I've out. Had, Your first one? I've had, like, 
snow white beard hairs, mustache, no problem. I don't think I've had any white pubes yet, but just <laughs> on my arm, I just looked down and I was like, oh, it's, it's jarring. so egregious. It was very jarring. I recently saw a long, curly, white hair sitting next to me on the couch, and I, like it was from my head, because um, I, have, I have curly head hair too. <laughs> um, but it was just, it felt really disgusting. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, mostly because it like looked kind of puby, which is, it was just a n- nasty association, um, but it was a head hair. Anyway, uh-huh. I wasn't happy about it. It's, it's jarring to, to catch those. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, For no, I, like, I mean, but why? Why do we, I guess just because it's, so un- it's unfamiliar. Yeah, it's just not something that I'm used to seeing. And I looked down. I, actually, we were at the gym, and I uh, Peter came with me this morning. And uh, I looked down, and I was like, oh, my God. And he saw my face. I was like, oh, sorry. It was just a white uh, a white arm hair. He goes, get used to it. You're in your mid-30s. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I haven't. I just you? turned 34. I'm just officially in my mid-30s, and no one has said that to me yet. And it really fucked me up. Have you um, – are you used to saying your age? If some, like, Have people asked you how old you are since your birthday, and then you've had to say um, – I think yeah. most people are like this, but uh, the older I get, the more I have to think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, how old am I? Um, one thing that I keep thinking about, though, is that um, 35 is kind of my scary age. It's always been my scary age. Like, 35 feels like so adult, I guess. And so you, I don't... I think you mentioned that in an early episode, actually. I, I don't feel like I'm not an adult. That's not... It's not that at all. It's just... Uh, I feel like you're not an adult, you fucking sophomore <laughs> cretin. Suck my <laughs> dick. Uh, I, I just will not. Feel... <laughs> As though it's a, it's a, a, I don't know, a monumental age for some reason. It's always been in my head as like a, a 35 year old is like a, a very, I mean, 15 years away from 20. That's, that's old. I don't know. 15 years away from 20. You're five. 35 is 15 years away from 20. Oh yeah. Sorry. I thought <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, you thought I was doing like a, like saying a, 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 a subtraction problem like a yeah. kindergartner i thought like well, take 15 years away from 20 i just like i i was moving in the wrong direction i thought i thought you were trying to tell me you were close to 50 and so then oh. i already observed the question wrong and i made all kinds of wrong assumptions i made an ass out of you and me yeah no 35 just seems crazy and i can't believe that i'm less than a year away from that do you have a scary age yeah scary age i'm 31 and right now is really fucking scary this is my scary age <laughs> um <laughs> You know that's not what I meant. Uh, that's what I mean. I I don't know. I keep um I keep accidentally saying the wrong age. I'm like, well, as a 32 year old, I'm not. I just turned 31, but I always am like a year off. And I a little bit blame uh Kick and Michaela because for years they joked about me being uh, the, the wrong like one year off to everybody around us, and like they actually confused me. Like they would get me birthday cakes with the the wrong year by an age. Yes. Are like you serious? Big groups of our friends. They would make posts on Facebook and Instagram with the wrong age on purpose, just one year off, and it has really fucked with That's me. That's so funny. I think they that's did. hilarious. Yeah. Also, like so insidious. <laughs> I know it really like it is a real long game. Talk about deep rooted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have you been spending your time? Uh, I know we are. Uh, we're in an election year. We're going to try not to make every single intro about politics. So tell me how you've been uh, not immersing been yourself in the news. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't been avoiding it. Like, there's no way that you have been. But how have you been, uh, you know, caring for your life outside of the existential dread that comes with uh, an election year such as 2020? I have been avoiding it, actually. Not in like a... Um... Burying your head in the sand kind of way? Yes, exactly. There's only so many, like, news bits we need. And, like, once I have them, I don't... So often I will like fall into this hole of listening to so many different pundits speak on it and so many different viewpoints and analysis, yes. analysis. How do you say that? Analysis. Analysis. <laughs> analysis. 
analyses. Um, but anyway, I'm like, I don't need all that. I I know what's up, so I can skip the news. Mm-hmm. If that's if I turn it on and it's that again, then I can turn it right back off. So yeah, 100%. I'm trying to practice being better at that. Uh, and so I'm catching up on a lot of really good TV and movies. And by the way, back to Pen15, it has just reminded me again how fucking awful kids that age are like <laughs> terrible middle school comprised the worst years of school in my in my life it was just i mean a lot of people complain about high school high school was a cakewalk compared to middle school for oh me. yeah it was middle school was just awful and complicated and awkward and i hated it and people are so mean and selfish and ew gross junior high is disgusting <laughs> um yeah and i uh i mean we know this we talked about this but it's like it seems you know, from the show is kind of illuminating how particularly awful that time is for uh, young girls. So the show is written by the two lead actors, and it takes place in 97, maybe? Like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're calling each other slut bags and bitches. And I remember that kind of language feeling like really cool to use at that time. And, you know, it's like Tina Faces and Mean Girls. All have got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. Uh-huh. And so it's all like fun and cool until... Uh, at the end of one of the episodes, the two girls get their boob touched by, like, their crush, and it's all fine and good until they start getting called sluts, like, in earnest. And one of the friends is like, well, he's a slut, too. And the other friend's like, no, he's just a player. And the <sighs> the girl's like, yeah, you're right. He's a player. And it goes uh-huh. through these themes where the, these boys are just held to completely different standards than the girls. And they keep getting pass after pass uh-huh. on disgusting behavior where the girls are getting, like, torn down for nothing at all. So anyway, I guess that's what I mean by it feeling a little heavy, but generally the show is hysterical. I mean, it is absurd. These are 30-somethings playing 7th graders amongst actual 7th graders. so funny. Oh my God, it's so funny. The comedic genius. Yeah. Um, I have been, so on that same theme, kind of, I've been listening to the audiobook um, called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, And Glennon Doyle, if you're not familiar with her, she's kind of one of these like um, Elizabeth Gilbert or Brene Brown types. Okay. She started out as like a a Christian mommy blogger years ago. um, And long story short, um, around the same time she was doing this major book tour about like her marriage, she got a divorce from her husband and married a woman. (laughs) Married actually Abby Wambach, who used to captain the U.S., women's soccer team um and so she is this incredible woman she's she's incredibly gifted writer and she it's the book is is aimed towards uh modern women to to like women who grew up around the same time that she did that learned the same awful things about what it means to be a a, a woman in today's world and and trying to like unlearn those things and become like a a true feminist and, and really like own your your own power and so i didn't read it a lot of my girlfriends for the past maybe year or two have been saying like this is an incredible book you should read it but then every time i read the blurb it was like all about being a woman and i was like meh maybe it's not for me anyway i just kind of got inspired because i wanted something um kind of positive and she's just like this glowing light of like positivity this woman and so i started listening to her read it while i've been working around the house mm-hmm. and she i thought that i had a pretty good understanding about how women were socialized and and it, you know all the the broad strokes about like the damage that we do to young women as a society and she is teaching me so much about what it means to like unlearn that how you can teach uh younger generations uh in, in opposite ways how we can um you know the, like some of these like small insidious ways that just really add up to to really take their toll on pretty much every woman that is raised in in this country in the society and i'm finding it really 
heartbreaking but also incredibly hopeful she's just she's a really really impressive woman and i'm 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 enjoying it even though it's not a book that was written for me um yeah i I think it's super beneficial to consume content that we don't necessarily think is whether we don't feel is intended for us but can offer perspectives on you know marginalized groups that we maybe wouldn't get otherwise yeah um and i will say too uh that there's a huge theme of, of learning to become anti-racist in, in this book. She is a, um, the author Glennon Doyle has a few times in her career really stepped in it in ways where she didn't mean to. And she got a lot of, a lot of backlash. And she, one of the things I really appreciate about her is that she's willing to really, um, like look at her behavior and, and how she's responded to these things and, and learn from them as opposed to getting defensive. Um, and she, became sober like 18 years ago. She's a, she was an alcoholic and then she got pregnant and became sober. She makes this beautiful metaphor about likening, um, becoming sober with alcohol, um, to becoming sober with racism where it's like, it's so uncomfortable and you start seeing the world in a whole different way when you, when you decide to like commit to sobriety when it comes to, to, to racism and, and all the ways that you didn't realize that it was expressed in in your world because of your upbringing and the society that you live in. She's really, really inspirational and she is self-aware in a way that so few people are especially in their writing that um just strikes me as incredibly prescient at this moment in time and it's it's great i really recommend it untamed by glennon doyle i'll check that out anyway this is not a book review podcast uh i am just finding that that is a nice way to escape my phone and the headlines and actually do things with my hands while i hear something that instills a little bit of hope do things with your hands so <laughs> well i'll tell you what i've been doing with my hands <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone knows exactly <laughs> what i've been doing with my hands what have you been doing for self-care nice pivot um mm-hmm. well i just went on a hike with my friend christine and it was so lovely just to be outside in the beginning of fall. And at one point we uh, walked by these like gorgeous cornfields and I was like, ah, oh, look at that nature, look at that beauty. Not natural. I mean, it's man-made. Um, we, man-planted. Man-planted. Uh, man-genetically modified. Man-GMO'd. <laughs> Actually, as, as we were passing the corn, I was so like allured by it that we walked up to it and I started touching it and I was like, can I... Can I pick one? And Christine was like, no, you certainly cannot. It's not yours. (laughs) And I was like, how do you know when it's ready? And she's like, because it's in a grocery store. Um, (laughs) So she's not like super nature-y, this Christine. (laughs) No, she she is. She's just not super um, stealing a farmer's produce. (laughs) Uh Um, I absolutely would have picked an ear of corn. I don't know why. I I grew up around cornfields. We used to like go out and have fights. You pick... you. Uh, you rip off ears and throw them at each other like little torpedoes they hurt like a motherfucker if they hit you just right well i'm happy to say i've never actually been hit by one but i definitely wanted to pick one off um and i'm glad you and i have that in common because christine had much higher um, ethical standards than i as far as that was concerned <laughs> and then not two seconds later we walked by a kid and a dad and the kid was like well why can't we harvest them and the dad was like because it's not our corn and i was like i get it kid i get it <laughs> that's pretty funny um so other than cornfields and nature i've been doing lots of things to find joy in these in these dark times and one of them is my gayest moment of the week gay 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 i actually had a date i had a little um what date night i know shocking right he is really cute and 
we just like really get along. He gets it. And he is oh. me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen you describe another person that way. So it became very clear who you're talking about really quickly. <laughs> You've never seen me describe someone else as cute and getting it. That is just bullshit. <laughs> no, not, not with that little smirk. Not with that like looking so self-satisfied. He's like really cute. He's pretty special. He just gets me. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we all my, know who that fucking guy is. Yeah, my gayest moment is my my self date. I uh, made myself a um, <laughs> come. You made yourself come. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, I ended the date the appropriate way. Um, I baked myself an apple cake and it was delicious. Um, but on my way to go get some ingredients for the apple cake, I saw flowers at uh, the store and I was like, I deserve flowers. These are beautiful. So I bought myself flowers. Oh my God. Um, hey Lizzo, you are your own soulmate. I am my own soulmate. Thank you. <laughs> um, I enjoyed my flowers in a makeshift vase while I enjoyed my delicious cinnamon fall apple cake. And then I watched um, a gay movie, Boy Erased, which is like not a feel good movie, but like... A good one. That movie is um, amazing. I'm glad that you watched it. Yeah. Hey, Troy Sivan's in that. He is in that. And you is, love Troy Sivan. I do love Troy Sivan, and he's super gay, so that's a great way to cap off my gayest moment. Um, how about you? What is yours this week? I have some content that I want to recommend, and then I'll get to my gay moment. All right. I like this plan. Um, content that I want to recommend. I haven't seen very many people talking about it, um, but I think it was one of the best shows I've watched in a long time, and it was Away on Netflix. It's the new Hillary Swank uh, kind of, like, not really sci-fi, but sci-fi, uh, like Mission to Mars kind of huh. miniseries. Um, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, it's. I didn't know it existed either. Um, it is really, really fabulous. Um, it's about a um, like a multinational first man mission to Mars. Um, that it's you know some year in the not too distant future, and it is. Um, there are five people on the spacecraft, and it's Hillary Swank. She's the captain, and then it's uh, there are. Uh, there are other crew members from China, Russia, the UK and India. Um, and the man that represents India is maybe the most handsome man I've ever seen in the entire world. My entire oh, existence. Wow. Oh sold. my God. Who's the actor? I, the actor's name is Ray Panthaki. I think P A N T H A K I. I don't really know how to say that correctly. Um, he's a British actor apparently, but of Indian descent and Oh, for the love of God, he is so goddamn sexy in this movie. Mm. Uh, Does he get naked? Show. Uh, no, he doesn't. I don't even think he takes off a shirt and I still wanted to jump his bones. Um, anyway, that's not the point. The point is, is that it was, uh, it's for it, me. It, it's, <laughs> I think 10 episodes. Uh, it's really good. It, it brought me, I mean, it literally brought me, brings you off of earth, which I think is really like oh, nice. Glorious. Take me. <laughs> like, I know exactly. Like you're kind of just escaping in some way. Um, and it's, it's very stressful, but also really hopeful. Um, and it, I thought it was just beautifully done. I really, really enjoyed it all. Um, we blew through 10 episodes in like a week. Uh, and that's tough to do because we don't have a lot of Peter and I don't have a lot of, uh, overlap when it comes to tv watching time so that's great that's my recommendation also there is a lesbian storyline so it is a little bit gay oh lovely Um, and then my gayest moment of the week is a new follow on instagram it is my someone following you or you following someone me following someone it is my new favorite thing i went through every post twice and just laughed it's an account called pop grinder uh, and the, what this guy does is he takes, uh, people send in messages that they got on Grindr. Oh, um, I think you showed me this guy. Yeah. He uses the Grindr message as lyrics for a quick, like pop song that he creates. Um, and there are some that are so incredibly ridiculous and foul and he's just singing them so <laughs> earnestly and it brings me so much joy. I would like to share one with you right now. Smell my 
such a ridiculous and lighthearted thing and the fact that someone chose to spend their time doing that in 2020 when there's so much going on in the world makes me what a gift really yeah i feel like it's a true gift to me so um Sorry, I, stuck in my head smell my hole <laughs> smell my hole maybe you guys could collaborate oh, i can think of no greater honor honestly um all right well on that note will you play us out with a pop grinder hit and then we'll get into the journal sure hey you should swing by and pound me You should swing by and pound me, man. You should pay me. You should pay me. Yeah, hey. You should swing by and pound me, man. Pound me. So we're back in the journal. It's June of 2015, near the end of your Japan trip, I think. Do you care to tell us any more about that? Last we had left it, I had just gotten to Tokyo to visit our friend Kyle, and I believe I was like, I think I'm overstaying my welcome here with Michaela, and <laughs> we <laughs> imagine Kick throwing me on a train and telling me to get the hell out of town. All right, so it is June 26th, 2015, and this is what it says. Up late, Kyle and I met Demi and went to Bill's. Amazing grill and green salad and a pancake. <laughs> Why a salad and a pancake? A bong and a blitz. Uh then to Sky Trio Mall. What's that last part you said? A blong and a blitz? A bong and a blitz? A schmuck and a pancake? A bong and a blitz? Pipe and a crepe? Uh, that's from Austin <laughs> what? Powers? Oh my god, Austin no. Powers? I mean, I've seen it. A schmuck and a pancake. He's like, uh, oh god. I think it's Goldmember. Uh, the guy's Gold like offering him. Member. He says, oh god, I don't know. You have to look it up. It's been 20 years since I watched that movie. But there's a whole bit about a smoke and a pancake, and then he like gives him different options for a smoke and a pancake, a bong and a blitz, pipe and a, blitz, and a, pipe and a crepe. crepe. That's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, I, like anyway. all of them, I would have any of those options. <laughs> so you had a salad and a pancake. Then to Sky Trio Mall, saw the tower, largest functional one in the world. Huh? What Some... kind of tower? I don't know. Like a, it, like a radio tower or something? Sure. <laughs> okay. You don't remember the tower? I didn't learn anything. I do remember the tower. I remember <laughs> looking up at it, but I don't know what it was. It's probably why I wrote it down. I was like, I'm never going to remember this. Tell tell your future self it's the largest functional tower in the world. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to those pesky non-functional towers, which get so much taller. There are um, non-functional uh, towers. <laughs> Sure, I believe you. No, they're like the uh, Washington af- Monument's a non-functional tower. Yeah, that's more of an obelisk, really. What's an obelisk if not a tower? <laughs> <laughs> What's a square if not a rectangle? I don't know. <laughs> um, this has been Geometry with Cam and Mike. <laughs> After you saw the world's largest functional tower, uh, you went to a beer garden. Okay, I think this says... Brit named Tom, friends with One Direction and so freaking adorable. Oh, yeah. Met us there. It was uh, someone's friend or roommate or boyfriend or something, this guy named Tom that was probably British. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I mean, lovely that he's friends with One Direction, but I was just so uh, enchanted. He was so cute. I haven't, you know, been hmm, looking for it in a minute. (laughs) So you were horny. Um, <laughs> That's what I meant. So Tom met you, and then we ran to a happy hour 
and a gorgeous bar 62 floors up. Wow. Yeah. Two perfect Manhattans and amazing views of Tokyo. Sounds awesome. It was lovely. Um, I go to drink. This then it says went to. I think this says Caesarea, Japanese Denny's type. Caesarea, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Um, sorry, bad handwriting. Also, very, maybe. <laughs> it's strange it's when you tiny. apologize yeah. to me for my bad handwriting. I don't know how. No, I feel that about was it. absolutely. <laughs> that was to the. That was to the listeners. I'm not apologizing to you at all. Um, <laughs> okay, you can go ahead and fuck yourself as well. <laughs> you got spinach au gratin and pizza. Back at Kyle's, saw the... Oh, for the love. I truly write more about food than anything else. Should I start investing in, like, my feelings? I guess food's fun. Oh. Oh, my God. This is special. Okay, sorry. Got spinach, gratin, and pizza. Back to Kyle's, saw that gay marriage is finally legal federally and overwhelmed with joy, although it does remind me how lonely I am. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Wish I was in NYC for this day, but that's travel. I remember, so we were on the, we were living in um, LA and um, we had just been there for a few months and we woke up, we woke up to the news because the, the um, ruling came down like that morning uh, from the Supreme Court and that was obviously East Coast time. So by the time we woke up, it was news and I remember how happy we were. Um, And then two years later at our wedding, uh, we had Peter's mom read that ruling uh, that was penned by Justice Kennedy um, as the only reading in our ceremony. You know, it'd be lovely. In 2020, when any such joy is needed. Why don't you go ahead and read that opinion for us? Sure. It's actually just a highlight from it because it's a really long opinion, as they always are. But um, we had her read this uh, this excerpt. My sister-in-law actually just posted a few days ago um, the video of my mother-in-law reading this to the ceremony uh, because it was our anniversary. Uh, but it reads as such. No union is more profound than marriage, for it embodies the highest ideals of love, fidelity, devotion, sacrifice, and family. In forming a marital union, two people become something greater than they once were. As some of the petitioners in these cases demonstrate, marriage embodies a love that may endure even past death. It would misunderstand these men and women to say they disrespect the idea of marriage. Their plea is that they do respect it, respect it so deeply that they seek to find its fulfillment for themselves. Their hope is not to be condemned to live in loneliness, (coughs) excluded from one civil... (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm reading. Their hope is not to be condemned to live in loneliness, excluded from one of civilization's oldest institutions. They ask for equal dignity in the eyes of the law. The Constitution grants them that right. The judgment of the Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit is reversed. It is so ordered. That is inspirational. Although, um, I'm not surprised. It made me feel lonely. <laughs> it's like, nobody wants to die alone, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one does. It does speak about loneliness. Um, uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's finish this day really quick. Cause you wrote another note on the back page of the journal and you said this morning, I thought, quote, if home is where the heart is, I'm homeless. That's maybe beautiful, maybe profound. Let's go to it. And let's go back to it in a second. The, the last line of this day is Kyle talked to me about his ex-boyfriend and it showed me that he doesn't really have his shit together either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, if that makes you feel better, bitch. No, I, you know what? I think like, let's take a step back. That is, I mean, I'm such a fucking, I'm, I'm an awful human, but I think that is like, I get it. That is, I, uh, look up to him. He, I've always like thought of him as like a, I don't know, he's had his shit together and he does have his shit together. I just meant it's cool to see someone I respect that is like Uh still worrying about ex-boyfriends and still having the same struggles we all have. It's very like affirming, you know? Yes. It's complicated and love for him as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you don't got your shit together either. Huh? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Great. Makes me feel better that you're such a wreck. 
Um, really quick, let's go back to if home is where the heart is, then I'm homeless. Um, is that a good thing, a bad thing, or just an observation? I don't. <sighs> it's kind of the mantra of a like a vagabond or like a um, and that's uh, of a of a wanderer, and that's no bad thing. That is just a. I feel like that's where you were in that moment that you felt like your heart is is nowhere and everywhere, and so you don't have like a specific uh, place that you call home, and you're also between um jobs you're between kind of like uh like periods of your life eras of your life so maybe that's what you were saying i don't know yeah um i don't know i i think we're probably looking too much into this this is just the musings of some 2015 idiot you know um Uh, (laughs) hey i i'm reading these musings on a weekly basis these it's my job to (laughs) look into these things i can't dismiss everything out of hand if home is where the heart is then i'm homeless um yeah let's look at it as like beautiful maybe i am i'm everywhere my heart doesn't my heart can't be locked down i think part of the loneliness of this whole situation too by the way is you're visiting people where they live like where they have a life you're visiting michaela and christian where they have their own life and their own friends you know you're visiting kyle who is like a friend but not a super close one who has his own thing going on so like when you are traveling by yourself there's a lot of beauty there's a lot of um there's a lot of amazing self-discovery and, and meeting people that can happen but there's also a sense of especially if, if you're visiting people elsewhere there's a sense of this is not my place this is their place and that's probably like kind of permeating your whole experience here yeah, uh, definitely. And I feel like that, uh, obviously, a lot of the time I've talked about that in the journal before. I've talked about that in real life. I don't like to feel like I'm taking up someone else's space. You know what I mean? That really mm-hmm. then like kind of triggers that whole, you know, loneliness thing. But I do feel like, I don't know, I've mentioned lonely in this fucking journal so many times, but I do think perhaps it has been helpful. It is, I think I know myself better than one who maybe has been partnered their whole life. I think mm-hmm. I know myself pretty well and I think I've learned a lot about myself since you know that entry and I don't think I necessarily would have had um would have gotten that insight on me uh had I been giving attention to someone else it also makes me narcissistic and selfish but you know a double-edged sword you call yourself narcissistic way too often I think that (laughs) I don't think of you as a narcissistic person maybe the odd tendency he is really cute and we just like really get along and gets it. And he is oh, May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> June twenty seventh. Bus to Disney. Feeling a little alone, but having fun. Well, you are a little alone. Um, you I'm also saw a little bit of Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> okay. Saw Minnie on Minnie. What does that mean? Uh, is that a show? Weird lesbian porn. They show where Minnie. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like just some lesbian rat porn that happens in rat. Tokyo Disney. Imagine like if Mickey and Minnie Mouse were Mickey and Minnie Rat. <laughs> Gross long I mean, they're tails. They're huge and, mice. That's yeah. pretty much a fucking rat. It's just like a lot less cute. Um, yeah, it's rat <laughs> porn. It, uh, is that a show there? Must have been. Um. Hilarious chuckling at the wings the dancers had reminds me of my epic fall at Schmishmartens. <laughs> oh yeah, they had like bluebird wings. I was like, I know that. I was like, work them, uh-huh. work them, babies. <laughs> <laughs> Just laughing to yourself. I know. Like, hey guys, I have a story to tell you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> now in line for Winnie the Pooh and hoping to get through before parade. 
made it just in time. I love that you're journaling like all day long in your phones. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep track of those moments. Uh-huh. Yeah. Made it just in time. Ate and saw one man's dream. The gayest thing I've ever imagined. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of cute gay boys. Oh God. I am horny. Wrote It's a Small World and tried to find Kyle as Prince, but missed him. Haunted Mansion as then Prince grabbed... the singer? Why is he on the why is he on the parade? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should say that Kyle was a face character for Disney, so he played like all the princes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I was like, I, I think I can sneak Winnie the Pooh in real quick and still get to the parade in time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just riding these kids' rides by yourself, you fucking creep? What am I supposed to do? I want to enjoy them. I <laughs> Having been to Disney with How you on multiple occasions, dare you. just like if there were just a single man in line in front of me to ride Winnie the Pooh, I'd be like, security. <laughs> I know. Fuck you. After all this talk about being lonely, now I'm getting harassed by you for it. <laughs> Do you remember what was so gay about One Man's Dream, by the way? One Man's Wet Dream. You missed. Did I not write that? <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty gay. Um, so let's see here. At you hmm, says haunted mansion, then grabbed bag to go. I don't know what that means. Uh, got phone and first train on time. See back page. Oh, grab my bag. I put it in a locker. Oh, okay, gotcha. Thank you. Um, and then to finish this day, you wrote plane was late, so I missed first train option in Osaka and ended up stranded and totally. <laughs> So I ended up stranded and totally fucked somewhere 40 (laughs) minutes away. (laughs) No one spoke English and I had no cash. The fourth cab driver agreed to take me for 110 yen. Can't remember last time I felt that scared. Thank God Mick had written a dress down in Japanese. Yikes. That is, that's a very, very scary feeling. uh, uh, Yeah. I felt like it was an oh shit moment. I, the, I had like very explicit plans and then, you know, the plane home, I guess was late. And so I missed the train and which made me have to like redo plans. But yeah, um, my phone's not working. It's either, I don't know if it was dead or just like, don't have internet. I have no cash on me, which is so stupid. At first I was like afraid you were uh, petrified. Yeah. I kept thinking how <laughs> I'm going to live without me by my side. Um, I, I remember being grateful for, the kindness of random Japanese strangers. A lot of them seemed willing to help, but one man was like, let me help you. I know where you're going. And I followed him on a train. He was like, yeah, come this way. And we went 40 minutes, the wrong direction to the point where, um, I had to get off because the trains were then closing. I'm now 40 minutes further from Kick and Michaela in a direction. I do not know. I have no concept of where they like, which direction their place is. I uh-huh. don't have anyone to contact. I don't have a phone. I couldn't communicate with anyone. I speak not a fucking lick of Japanese and nobody uh-huh. is speaking English here. And I was like, fuck, I am fucked. I was looking around. It was like desolate. There was nowhere. I eventually went into like a security office or something. And I tried to explain that I was like horribly lost and didn't know. And he was like, I'm sorry, close train tomorrow. Um, and I was oh. like, I was like, I'm saying I'm going to be on the streets tonight. And it wasn't like a city center where I could, you know, just go drink in a bar all night. I was like, right. Um, and I mean, 40 minutes out of outside of Tokyo or outside of Osaka. Sorry. Japan in general is a pretty safe place by all accounts. But like, I still was a foreigner not wanting to sleep on the street at night. Anyway, I'm freaking out. I finally find a line of cabs somewhere and I go on the first one and he laughed at me when I showed him the piece of paper that Michaela on the way out the door so smartly wrote down. She's like, here's the address just in case. And I almost didn't even have that. 
I showed the man and he laughed at me. He goes, oh, no, too, too far, too far. And kicked me out. And then I went in someone else's and I was like, do you take cards? He said, nope. Um, took the fourth cab that I finally got someone who took cards and was willing to go where I was going. He's like, that's really far. Meanwhile, it was like an $80 cab. I was like, it's not that fucking far. Like it's it, by New York standards, it's just a trip to the, the airport. You, you know? must have written the, the number down wrong because I just did um, the, I, I just did the conversion. You wrote, agreed to take me for 110,000 yen. And I just did that conversion and that's $1,042. So you definitely didn't spend a thousand dollars on that cab ride, right? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no way. Uh, <laughs> Although they all were warning me how expensive it was going to be, but no, I think I spent like a hundred dollars maybe. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, it was that, oh fucking shit feeling. I finally get home because some nice man was like, I will take you. And then for a thousand, nice man <laughs> out of the kindness of my heart, I will take you for the low, low price of $1,042. <laughs> that was the other thing. None of these cabs had GPS in them. So nobody knew oh, how to, yeah. everyone's like, I can't, I don't know where that is. Like it's just a random address. Someone, uh-huh. find, this guy took cards and had GPS. He was, you know, Oof. modern. Anyway, I get home and Michaela and Kicker like had a lovely evening and were wasted. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't think I have any right to be offended. But like, <laughs> I, I was just like, you didn't even know that I'm like seven hours late and <laughs> that I didn't contact you. <laughs> That is honestly really, really shocking and like such a scary experience. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Also, if that happened today, you would just like pay to have data on your phone, right? And Google it. Yeah. If I had it, it it, it couldn't happen today. It was a circumstance that is very particular to that moment in time. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's really tough. Also, <laughs> did you see that in the new the latest Apple update, they're doing real time translation in their app, so you, they have a conversation translation, so you can just speak into it in one language, and it'll spit out a rough translation in English. That's amazing. It is amazing. I think Google Translate's been doing that, but now it's a native app on the iPhone. So technology anyway. gets equally more impressive and helpful and scary and dangerous they like they grow together they do oh my god that is peter and i were just uh having this conversation after we finished that that show away the other night we were um having a glass of wine just talking about it and i think one of the things i find most hopeful in the world is the fact that um technology grows at such an exponential rate and the more powerful it becomes it like it can make itself exponentially more powerful as well so i find that very hopeful but also scary because there's the great gamble of like does um do we does technology get so smart and powerful that it cures all of our ills or does it weaponize itself first and uh, and then we just like wipe ourselves off this planet? And that becomes very existential dready. But also like w- w- the reason we were talking about this is because we we're like, when are they planning a manned mission to Mars? And we looked it up and NASA said, hopefully in the 2030s, we'll do a manned mission to Mars. Like, wow, there's still so much technology probably that is going to come out just even the next 10 years or the mm-hmm. next 15 years. Like, Think about 10 years ago where the technology stood. It's amazing how far we've come. And it, it happens so quickly. But there is a dark side to that, a, mm-hmm. a dark, scary side that obviously we can't dwell on. But um, it could it it could go very much the wrong way. And that's why the entire like post-apocalyptic and sci-fi <laughs> genres are so successful. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's, to be clear, not uh, it's not technology to be afraid of. It is the fact that humans program these algorithms that then grow exponentially and that Uh is what's scary humans program it with human bias and so when that is when when ai then like grows and grows and grows based on Mm -hmm. you know us that's what's scary uh, for lots of reasons that we don't need to go down (laughs) right 
So on June 28th, 2015... <laughs> I'm alive, um, I'm well, I'm back in Osaka. You sure are. Um, kick took me out in Nippon Bashi. Took me out, just Sol- like one punch straight to the face. <laughs> Down. Oh my god, what does this say? Oh, saw all the manga and anime and porn shops. Oh, fun. Had pork... Oh, had pork ramen. So Yikes. veganism isn't great. Yikes. Uh, didn't like having the oh. pork, but wanted ramen experience, and that part was very good. Um, it's the it's the Paris rule that I'm obviously following here, or the Paris exception. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, also had fresh baked sweet bread from a store, window, and sweet potato ice cream. After walking around, we had beers and chatted at Cool Little Bar. Um, later met Mick and rode the p- p- ten, ten posa, ten, the Ferris wheel. Tempazon. Aha. Thank you. I, uh, um, I'm a little stuck on that, like, pork ramen. I, 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 under- <laughs> I understand why I did it. Um, but uh, yeah, just now I'm, that is so revolting. The, well, like it, it honestly makes me, does anyone find pork? Like, a, like, are you like into pork? Not pork porking. is fucking delicious. Yeah. Is it? Okay. I mean, it's just like so fleshy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pork ramen is pretty bomb, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, you said Mindia for dinner and watched Mommy Dearest. Oh. Mommy Dearest? <laughs> okay. Um, Min- <laughs> Mindia. There was a um, Mindian. There, there was a little Indian restaurant uh, ran by this guy named Mindy, and so they called it Mindian. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very good. It was tiny, a little hole in the wall, and then mommy dearest. I mean, no Japanese trip would be complete. <laughs> so bizarre! Like, why? Why of all things? I don't know. I was packing and thinking about wire hangers. Um, June 29th, went to. Hey, oh no, it's not. I was like, we so rarely come up to the date in the journal of the date that it is. It's September 28th. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I it uh, my time has been distorted for a long time. <laughs> June 29th. Hey, we so rarely come up to the date that it was four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fucking insane. I don't. Sorry uh, about that. Maybe just the 29th. It's almost the 29th. Th- three months ago, but that's yeah. fine. Um, so you went to Timpazan Mall with Kick. We had Japanese veggie pancakes, and I bought <laughs> fan. For oh, I bought a fan for Weibo and magnet chopsticks for parents. I was like, "Quick, <laughs> buy some crap to bring home." <laughs> Been there. Uh, back to Michaela's to relax. Packed and went to Kicks while he was at work. Went out to eat at a vegan place. Cool environment, decent food. Why am I bothering with that now? Three weeks later. <laughs> went bowling and I won! Exclamation point. Uh, uh, b- parentheses overall after three games. Uh, hey, a see. win's a win, friend. <laughs> Unless it's the popular vote, and then that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, you you squeaked out an electoral college win there. Um, you looked around at some seedy bars, but just got food and went to kicks. Watched some in betweeners and slept. In betweeners, that's British, yeah. British, <laughs> yeah. You haven't watched the in betweeners? No. You would love it. You love British things. It's just absurd. It is. It's so fucking funny. All right. Um. Wow, you are obviously off of vacation because all of a sudden on June 30th, your handwriting is big again. You're not cramming in <laughs> so many details. It's honestly awesome. Um, so June 30th, I think this is, oh yeah, flight's home and it's the last day of a month. So it's a perfect place to end for the week. So flight's home, screaming kid. <laughs> again? Yikes. No way. <laughs> no, the last one was a kicking kid. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I'll take screaming yeah. then. 
<laughs> oh, this is before you traveled with noise canceling headphones too. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy picked me up at LaGuardia and we had a glass of wine with Rob and David. Slept at their house in Long Island. Ithaca for the fourth. Go, go, go. Is what that says. Go, go, go. You're so busy. Also, hey, David. He was our uh, previous intern. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. <laughs> Which, if anyone is uh, curious why we called him Elizabeth, it's from this Will and Grace moment. Jack, you're on in five minutes, and I couldn't find your Matthew McConaughey mug. Well, find it, Elizabeth Ann. My name's Dave, and I'm not gay at all. Back in your cage, straighty. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, um, God. Love that guy. Love that family. Ugh, they're great. Picked you up from the airport and you got to hang out at their house and drink their wine. Sounds pretty great, actually. Yeah. and I'm Even though Amy historically hates you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So that does it for the journal this week. But uh, did we hear from any listeners? What has been going on in the MBFJ world this week? Mostly we got a bunch of messages about uh, the joy found in the classic wet ass pussy toxic mashup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for reaching out and your support. We uh, we really appreciate it, even if you're supporting songs that we didn't make. <laughs> well, speaking of content we didn't make, uh, the other most frequent message we received was just pure joy from that post we reshared from Angry Staffer about uh, Blue Whale's anus uh, stretching to three and a half feet, making it the second largest <laughs> asshole on the planet. After Mitch McConnell. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay well if you want more of my best friend's journal you can find us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com you can find us on instagram at mbfj podcast and you can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com and lastly please take a moment to rate review subscribe and share with a friend and that just about does it for this week so until next time mikey always remember trichotillomania try it on your pubes <laughs> Oh my god michael that is not okay we cannot put that on the podcast that not? is so okay. foul no is so gross would that is grosser it? for me than it is for him i do I'm not, it i'm not answering that you would do it i would do it you would f- and f- ted cruz to mm-hmm. get the senate if it meant full democratic control yep i stand by it oh